All right, and we're back with uh, episode eight of the 26th. I'm Jack Bixby. And, and I'm Nick Wald. Uh, we are here on Thursday, December 10th at 8.33 p.m. Uh, oh, wait, let's get little, into it. A little milestone oh. before we start. Um, the United States of America just passed more COVID deaths than people that died in World War II. Just a little update. 292,000 people died and 291 and something died in World War Good II. Good Lord. So... On that note, stimulus. Um, Let's get into so, that. Uh, I don't know when we last podcasted, but it was at least a week ago. A week ago. Um, and uh, the stimulus has not moved any further. In fact, it's probably taken a, Gone a back, step yeah. back. Um, so basically, there's still step. there's still that nine hundred eight billion dollar stimulus um, that I, and both whatever stimulus they go with, which I don't even know if they will go with one. It'll they're they're trying to do it before the holidays because. And that's, I think, like a week off for lawmakers. Yeah. That's a pretty um, tight schedule. Especially. The other. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, it was just the other stimulus plan has been proposed by Mnuchin, Stephen, and um, is backed by the White House, of course. It's $916 billion, and it's about 600 bucks for every household making under $75,000. Um, so but it yeah. cuts employment benefits. So yeah, the big one uh, from 180 to 40. Yeah, so that's the uh, it's 180 billion dollars uh, is the original that bipartisan one um, for uh, unemployment, and now they want 40 billion dollars, which is a it's massive a cut. Um, and especially like if you think about the context of the situation, um, it's December 10th right now, so the Thanksgiving spike will be coming up. Um, and after that, I, I think it's already here because our deaths are rising. I think there were 3,000 deaths today. Um, yeah. And then after that is a Christmas spike, and after that is New Year's. And then there's the, that will be kind of over the hump, but that the repercussions of that will be months. Yeah. Like we're, not, we're not getting over that for, for months um, yeah. and thousands of people. I saw a tweet recently. It was like the most uh, devastating days in American history. It was like... Number one I saw was that. something, I saw that. Uh, Pearl was, Harbor, and then last Thursday, last Friday. Number one was uh, some storm in Oklahoma in like the 1800s that killed 8,000 people or something. It was like tornadoes. Right. Um, and then there were three or four days of this week. Um, yeah. And then 9-11. And Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. Um, so that's a Puts bit things in perspective. startling. Um, yeah. So basically... The bipartisan one does have bipartisan support, but not entirely. It's not, yeah, uh, it's not, <laughs> not every, not every Democrat is on board, not every Republican. Um, so Bernie Sanders had an interesting tweet. He said, if Congress can afford to give giant subsidies to the fossil fuel industry uh, and a $1 trillion tax break for the top 1%, then we can afford $1,200 direct, pay, $1, direct payments to every working class adult in America. And good point. Uh, in, in my notes here, I said, good ass point. Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely agree with that. I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's just the conservative mindset of not uh, of focusing a little bit more on the trickle down rather than going straight to the yeah. people, um, which doesn't really work. Um, Never. But I think that, that opens the floodgates once more for PPP abuse of large companies just cashing saying. in. It's I was, horrible. It's I was, it, I was talking to my mom about that. 
It's completely backwards. Like we should be starting from the ground up, not the top down. Everything hit from in America has always been top down, and look how far that's gotten us. If you want to give money to businesses, sure, but give them to the people that need them first, especially in the holidays when people need fucking clothing for the winter. They need housing, whatever. They need gifts, and now there's all this COVID. There's spikes from Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's. Like, I, there's no way anyone in New York is gonna go. I mean, I don't even know if they're gonna do it to that ball dropping. Like that's thousands of people locked in tiny tiny spaces that's not gonna work i just it does not work top down yeah um i was also saying the pp what is it pp ppp ppp yeah um the that's where the the rest of that money because i mean that's 140 billion dollars that they shave off that has to go somewhere and that goes to the uh mostly to the small the small business i'm doing air quotes small business loans um (laughs) Where I think Shake Shack got ten million dollars. Um, yeah, and all these hedge funds—it's—it's it's completely unnecessary. Trump's personal lawyer—we talked about that last time. Um, of one of course. his personal lawyers got ten ten million dollars, or her pra- his practice did. Um, so I think that if you're an American and you own a small business and you see Shake Shack getting ten million dollars, this giant corporation—a bit of a giant, fuck you—but a, a corporation, um, it, it's a little discouraging. Um, yeah, at the very so, least. Yeah. Uh, I think that the $908 billion stimulus is a start, but if if anything, they'll need another one that's at least yeah. a trillion by... Regardless. Uh, I, probably like May, when the vaccine is rolled out Lord. to almost everyone. And yeah. I mean, like, if you think about the economic... I, I mean, everyone's talking about this, but the economic um, changes and uh, the effects that this will have on our economy for the next, like, yeah. five years... I don't know. I don't know what our GDP is at, at now, but I know Most over the summer, stepping. over the summer it shrank thirty three percent, which was the yeah. biggest shift in American history. So that is not something that you get over with two stimulus, two stimulus. It's stimuli. Stimuli. Uh, stimuli. Two stimuli we, in like six months. Yeah, and we talked about this. Like, it's gonna be hard. I don't know. It's, this is the worst time possible to have a virus. It's the people that have to pay for their health care are completely in the dark. There's no funding for them. I it's I don't it's just completely fucked in every direction. We need some kind of some other help than a stimulus. But I agree it's going to take at least one one more after this if this one even passes. And speaking of the vaccine, uh they started rolling it out in England today. Uh and yeah. I no, think last recently. Yesterday, Tuesday. yesterday. Um, or yeah, a few days ago, but I, I, it's mostly at some point this week, they rolled out the vaccine in England. That's what I know. Um, but I, it's going straight to old people. Uh, yeah. I saw a 95 year old woman on the, uh, on the news, which I think is ideal. And uh, I think it's kind of weird seeing the U S having to follow suit. Uh, yeah. like take example from Britain. Um, yeah. there, there's that like nationalism thing where no matter how uh, <laughs> critical you are of the United States you always want to be better than Britain um, yep. so it, it's a little embarrassing just like they want to be better than the French they're they're using our vaccine before we, we are using our vaccine better safe than sorry well okay on that note actually I think we can that leads perfectly into our next uh, topic which is the vaccine has been this is the Pfizer vaccine has been approved by an FDA advisory panel composed of biological experts Um, this basically it's not 
completely ready yet in America. It clears the way for the FDA to say, yes, this is perfect. We're going to, not perfect, but this works. Uh, and we're going to grant it emergency authorization. This could happen as soon as tomorrow, Friday. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. It was a 17 to 4 vote, I think, with one abstention uh, from the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee. Big title. Um, and... Basically, it's going to the oldest people first, like in England, uh, I think with pre-existing conditions. And the CDC has said that this is sort of for a while they're going to continue monitoring the effects of it um, and engage in, quote, as Nancy Missonier, Missonier says, for as senior official at the CDC, she says, quote, active surveillance in it to determine basically whether kids under the age of 18, 16, sorry, will benefit from it. I think that's a worthy cause to, to, to oh. use that. It's a little weird because it's kind of just a bigger efficacy test, but I guess every vaccine is. I don't know. I heard some that there was some murkiness about the effects of the vaccine on children, where not only could it be, like like young children, not only could it be kind of less than helpful, it could actually like result in some pretty severe symptoms. Um Tonight. I really wish I had um, cited it, but I didn't. Um, it's going to be a little weird when, because like I, the way they're going to do it in my mind is like having like LeBron James get it and everyone's like, oh, like, let's get it. Like, it's that's safe. the president but, thing that yeah. all the, the three former presidents are going to get it on live TV. Right. But yeah, whoever it is, I'm just saying like, it's going to be weird when like those are like not in terms of presidents, but in terms of, like, influencers and things, when they're getting it, like, their prime audience is kids, like, and the kids aren't going to be, I don't know. It's, we'll see how this trial goes, um, but... No, I, t- I, I take your point. Gonna, um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting being uh, eight-year-old or whatever growing up in a pandemic, because yeah. we're we're adults. Like, we're, we're in high school, but we're yeah. basically adults. We, <laughs> we're, we're on the low end of being, of, of adulting. Um, but we still understand what it is. Um, even as an eight-year-old, I would have had a lot of questions. So yeah, it's going to be, like during your formative years, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Speaking of our uh, cusp of adulthood, I think that goes well <laughs> to our uh, next God, topic, our which is are going off today. on fire tonight. Uh, so Biden has basically started clashing with the left over promises about student uh, debt and loan cancellations. Um, now as children becoming adults, this is pretty pertinent to us. Biden essentially wants $10,000 per borrower, borrower to be repaid. Um, but the congressional Democrats want 50,000 and that would cost basically $1 trillion. I think the original plan was for 50,000, uh, but Biden's a little reluctant because I think he just wants to make sure it's evenly proportionated and just start with a smaller pack first. He sort of wants to begin chipping away at the $1.4 trillion total student debt. Um, and so there's 43 million borrowers in the U.S. right now. Uh, and a lot of lot of weird, not weird, but a lot of very prominent organizations who are supporting uh, Biden and his plans have come out in support of the Democrats for the $50,000 uh, per borrower plan. And that's organizations like the NAACT and even the American Federation of Teachers. So that's going to be a lot. So he's just facing a lot of resistance right now. Even Jim Clyburn, who gave Biden what was quite possibly the final push to nomination. Um, Yeah. He said, I've got people, quote, I've got people with $130,000 in student debt. What's $10,000 going to do for that person? Um, 
And he's right. He had a plan already to eliminate $50,000 and that would eliminate debt for 75% of borrowers, but that's just not going to happen at this point. In terms of so here's how I see it. I don't think there's a point to alleviating student debt right now unless you're going to fix the system that led people to get into student debt. Yeah, and there's a lot of things on, on the government's no, plate. There's no... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no reason um, to fix something that you know is going to break in the next 10 years. Like spending a trillion dollars to fix an issue that... I mean, that's like yeah. putting a Band-Aid over like a broken leg. It's just not... Oh, yeah, and they I want this done on day benefit. one, too, of his presidency. I, I, I think I don't it's a good start, but like... <clears throat> If you actually want to change this for, I, I understand how many, how many, that's like millennials. If you want to change this for Gen Z, then you're going to have to actually do some reform, which I don't know if that's government funding for Yeah, schools. you can't really just throw money at the problem. See, yeah. Because there have thinking. to be strings attached to that ten or $50,000. I don't know what, because um, a lot of colleges, a lot of small schools, um, like my sister's, my sister's college, like without... Um, donations or the football team selling tickets like i don't know if they would survive like they're not a massive state school um right. it's hard to survive and i don't know how much it costs it costs like seventy thousand dollars a year like including uh dorm space so i don't know what i i don't know i i mean obviously we should do some research into how their uh books balance out but i don't think that there's a i don't way. even think the u.s government knows how the books balance out i think they're really scared about having to do this like i the the complications that come with these these uh loans is insane they, there's a really high default rate they take forever to be repaid fully and 99 percent of borrowers can't afford it at this point i i don't think the u.s government has their shit figured out on this so i don't know why they're starting now I, that's gotta, there's so many, there's so many problems, uh, in the United States that sound like that. It's like the U S government does not want to has deal with no this idea right. what to do. They don't want to do this right now, which is concerning. Um, they never want to deal with anything. I don't know what the, obviously I think there are smarter people than me working on this, but I oh, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The solution to it i don't know uh, but i i don't think that spending a trillion dollars to help these people is worth it that that's like the inner conservative like jumping out of me but yeah i don't know whatever. i just think i think it's a good start but clyburn's right like ten thousand dollars is enough for some people it's enough for people who default on their on their loans and who are most vulnerable it's fifteen thousand fifteen million it's the new york times says it's 15 million people who have debt under ten thousand dollars that's What's that? Fifteen out of forty-three. That's if that, if we can afford it and it helps, then I think do it. But that's thirty-four percent. That's only thirty-four percent are reached. Mm. I think it, it's either it's it's more or it's nothing. I think. I think it's got to be nothing. I don't. Like, that's just throwing money away. I think what you do is yeah, but the people. But I'm saying the like, same the, people, people. The same people that are going to get their loans relieved now that are going to get that $10,000, then there's going to be like 20,000 more of those people in next year once they graduate college. It's just an yeah. endless cycle. So unless you actually like go in there and attack the problem. Then you no, I agree with that. I don't think saying that it's not worth it is true. I don't agree with saying it's not worth it because I think it is worth it. I think there are a lot of people who could add a lot to society but don't have enough money right now to even pay their loans back. Um, and, but on the other hand, like a lot of those people who can't pay their loans back did not graduate. And Jack, I think you're right. Like 
you don't you can't just keep stacking money up you have to at a certain point actually fix the root of the problem which i don't think they know how to do um i I don't know i I think it takes more than just changing some education stuff like at this point the education department is the biggest prime it's the primary lender and biggest bank for higher education it's it's staggering i'm i'm wondering what you do to do you do like more uh federal run do you do like oh i saw this hilarious tiktok the other day it was um basically uh so preschool or or like kindergarten is free then elementary school is free because you know kids need that and then junior high is free because kids really need that and then high school is free because kids really need that but then when it comes to college if you suggest that we should uh give kids uh free college then that's socialism and I thought, I thought that was such a great point because if you, yeah. I mean, like without a public school system, how inept would our country be? Like we'd be stupider than we are now. So yeah. think of how smart we could be if everyone that wants to go to college could go to college. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's like, obviously that's a good point, but I think it's pretty like, I don't inherent. understand. Like, uh, I, I don't know how the financials work out. Um, but I feel like it's rather expensive. Yeah. I don't know. I think the argument is also like, when you like you go back to like endowment and things, like how much do colleges really need? Like they, they have to operate at a certain point, like with this much money. But I think it's a question of how much colleges generally need to operate and how much the U.S. government is willing to give them. Um, but and I guess Bernie Sanders' time has come and passed, so. Oh, we'll have to missed, wait on that one. Missed out on Bernie for president. Huge miss. Big I would have voted for Bernie. But you didn't. Well, I couldn't vote in the primaries. In the primaries. I actually don't know who I would vote for in the primaries. You could have voted in the Wisconsin primary. I couldn't have voted in the Wisconsin primary. I thought you're fr- you have Wisconsin in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> moving on. Probably our biggest story of the night. Huge, uh, huge news from the FTC. Huge. Facebook is being sued for, uh, by the two suits, FTC and 46, 46 states. states. I, I thought it was... 46. Was... That's four missing. I don't what know who the, those four are. I was going to say, probably do, you know stupid. The, do you know what the four aren't? Let's find out. Four uh, states the, uh, that aren't suing Facebook? Hawaii, Alaska, South, and North Dakota. You, that's your guess? Yeah. No, because I'm guessing can't, Florida... It can't just oh. be... No, it's not Florida. Maybe Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana. South Dakota, South Carolina, and Alabama are not. Lots of southern involved. states. Um, so why? Uh, basically, the main problem with Facebook is that they have been buying and fr- quote buying and freezing out small startups to choke competition. And to be honest, yeah, they're kind of right. right. Like, like they, the FTC suit basically is asking that Facebook undo essentially their acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp and let them go because they view those two, even though they approved them previously, they view those two as the nail in the coffin for Facebook's dominance, uh, which I think we'll get to later. Uh, And the state suit, on the other hand, though, says Facebook, it's similar. Facebook basically eliminates competition by buying out the smaller companies. And in that process, uh, that along with uh, weakening privacy protections, like basically does nothing but harm consumers. And they're not wrong. it was a three to two vote to file it after basically a year long investigation of the company. Um, 
and it was a few weeks after the Justice Department started looking at Google, saying that they were illegally maintaining a stronghold over Monopoly, or, oh, whoa, uh, illegally maintaining a monopoly over internet search, which also pretty close to right. Um, See, but I, weirdly... We, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I don't know. Facebook. There's, like, one... It's weird to me, and this is kind of like my inner conspiracy theorist, as we saw <laughs> with my election predictions, but it's weird to me that they didn't really mention in this federal suit about Google any kind of data restrictions. Um, and I'm worried that it's possible that the U.S. and Google could strike a deal where it's they're starting to use data and something like uh, wiretapping. Oh, holy shit. You know what I just Patriot realized? Act. You know Amazon, how, they, uh, how the United States government uses their cloud servers? Yeah. Do you think that would make the U.S. government not want to go after Amazon? Because then they'll. Just, I think like, it's say, definitely you something. You can't. I, I honestly don't think. I, given what we've been watching in our history since 1990 class about the Patriot <laughs> Act and what I've heard from Snowden, the, and even things like I don't know, it's just it's not likely to me that that cloud deal, let's say for in particular, is the only thing that Amazon and the U.S. are exchanging. Like I think there's got to be something more in there for each party. Like I I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a cover up, and I also think the Justice Department could do something to Google and then say, you know, you don't want this done, give us some data, uh, which also, I'm worried about. Like, think, um, Bezos, is his space company called Blue Origin? Blue Origin. Yeah. Like, that. that's a fairly powerful Yeah, no, he has have. pretty deep ties with the government. Like, the, Although I don't know how much, like, NASA and the FTC talk, but still. Yeah, I... But you have to think, like... Uh, if if Joe Biden doesn't, it's want demonstrated them, interest. If Joe Biden doesn't want them to sue, then they're probably not going to sue. Like I'm not saying corruption, or whatever, but like no, if, but uh, it's benefit. I I I don't know. I think the case against Amazon monopoly is pretty weak, but I agree. Um, I don't know. Like they didn't really buy out competitors or anything like Facebook did. I think that Facebook really really fucked up. Like uh, yeah. they they they've been on top of the world for a while. But the interference in elections and how they kind of failed to condemn hate speech on a lot of their platforms, mm -hmm. um, it really, it, it, it does not set them up for success. There's now an argument also over Section 230, which basically means I like if is. you post, I know, I'm just explaining. No, but I, the, I know what that is. <laughs> okay. If you, um, it's basically if somebody posts hate speech or something crazy on Twitter, Twitter's not reliable. Uh, it's not their fault. Uh, Twitter, I don't know. Twitter's such No, a... I, it's it's for all social media networks. It's just generally. Like, oh, the okay. company that, that hosts the comments are not responsible to the people, which I agree with. Oh, but yeah, at yeah, a certain yeah. point, you have to hold them accountable for not sort of censoring what's in line with their policies and what's in line with the nation's best interest, but I don't know. I think there's a lot of, it brings into question, like, obviously Facebook wasn't started to become a multinational corporation, but it just is sad how far it's um, come. I think that, I watched this podcast, I watched one of the Joe Rogan episodes, where is Tim Pool, this angry little bald conservative man, uh, <laughs> versus Jack Dorsey, and Jack Dorsey brought his fucking lawyer, um, <laughs> I forget what her name is, but no. it, it was like, one of like the head of the legal department so that she could just debate Tim Pool rather than him doing it. Um, That's fucking funny. Basically, they talked a lot about hate speech uh, and whether they're responsible for that. And I don't think they're responsible at all. I don't um, either. I think that... 
I think they have a responsibility to clean it up and mark it as hate speech and say this information is not reliable, which they have started doing in their in their defense. But I don't think it's completely on them. I but I mean like I think that they're ethically responsible, but I don't think like legally you can't like go after these people for promoting hate speech. Um, But also. There's the argument that, like, you're infringing on free speech if you take down hate, hate speech because you can just, like, yell the N-word on the on the street and you can't get arrested, which, I mean, like, I'm, I'm very pro-First Amendment, so I understand it. Um, but then again, it's their service. They can control what goes right. up and what doesn't. Um, and it's and Tim Pool's argument for this was uh, the, that... But the only thing with, with Twitter is that it was built to not be regulated. It was built on free speech. That's my only thing. Yeah, so the, Tim Pool's argument was that um, Twitter basically works as – this is the public discourse. Like it, instead of people like talking yeah. in a restaurant uh, – and even a restaurant, if you're like saying racist shit, like a restaurant can yeah. kick you out. But he his, his point was that this is how – this is the public discourse and this is how people communicate on the internet. Yeah. So basically you should have the same ideals of the U.S. government. And to that I say like – there's a lot of countries around the world that don't have free speech. So what if Twitter just yeah. says, hey, I'm part of this country? Just because they were founded in the United States doesn't make them uh, – you don't have to adhere to every United States law. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's I, – I don't agree with the fa- – look, it is a public discourse, but I think of them and like things like Uber, for example, like as middlemen. It's not Twitter posting these stories. It's Even when they do sort of aggregate things, it's not them directly writing it. So I just don't think it's – yeah, and, and I think going back to the Facebook thing and how, how like p- Twitter should police their stuff. If they had policed their um, election interference, like the Russian bots, a mm-hmm. little bit better, and that's the same thing on Instagram. They need to get rid of the bots, man. Like every comment section on any verified uh, account is yeah. just a thousand come back to self promotion. Uh, but Facebook, I think that if they had actually uh, cracked down on the election interference then they would have had far less of a chance to be uh, gone after by the U.S. government. Yeah, I think I that it, it that proves was that your problem, that your... Nail. Uh, it. <laughs> it proves Jesus. that your product is... It can actually be used against the U.S. government and against the interests of the American people. Um, yeah. And so, I mean... There, there are a few big mistakes. And also Mark Zuckerberg being a dick. That didn't help. Yeah, so, okay. Back so to unlike. the Facebook thing quickly. Here we say... I'm just... In our notes, we have... So, what are people saying about this? Well, the director of the FTC Bureau of Competition says, quote, Facebook's actions to entrench and maintain its monopoly deny consumers the benefit of competition. And it does. Like, Facebook has forced any users to use its platforms and it destroys anything else that comes on and even if they don't it's either they buy them out or they copy them with snapchat they put stories on everything with whatsapp they also destroyed snapchat they they just they their defense stupid facebook's defense is that these things would not be as popular uh, if facebook didn't continually develop them i think that's complete bullshit it's it's not so a matter of what's good or bad. It's a matter of how much competition there is. And at this point, there's none. And Zuck has even said, like, this is an existential cri- existential crisis. They've been waiting for this. And I, I don't know. I just... I, th- I think this is so dumb. Like, Facebook, I don't like... I hate Reels. Like, just... Uh, the Dude, Reels and they're the literally... They are shoving so things down your throat. It's no longer Instagram. There's a reason why, why Kevin Seistrom, the guy who started Instagram, left three years ago. And they... It, 
Facebook brought in Adam Mosseri, who's literally a prop for Zuck. Like all they need is control, and they're 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 shoving everything down your throat. They have they're now putting Facebook Messenger in uh in its place of Instagram DM. Oh, it's yeah, it's just and and they're. Th- putting reels there they moved everything around they're, they're putting shopping on the front page because facebook marketplace has been slipping and they need to up the instagram game it's they're or, literally yeah. just shifting around the money it's where it comes from also like i i understand that you can't like you can't trademark stories like snapchat did um no. but but it's facebook, pretty blatant. that was a uh, that like that was the beginning of the end like i'm yeah facebook was that 2016 facebook and instagram is obviously not gonna die but Facebook just blatantly cut like that was how it started, and we were all like, "We don't need yeah. this. This is what we have Snapchat for." And I actually use I actually use Instagram stories a lot, probably more than I do Snapchat stories. Um, but like that, I was fine with. But then the Reels thing, I haven't looked at Reels once. I still use TikTok, um, and the store thing, I've I've never gone on there. I've only gone on there. No, no one does. If I click on it, there's a reason they put it where your feed used to be because feed is the most looked at tab. And they say, oh, let's trick people into clicking shopping. It's, Maybe they'll buy something. I think uh, that, that was a big mistake. And I'm not surprised yeah. they're being sued. Um, the, back to the Google thing. Um, I am wondering, uh, see, Google, I don't know if they're a monopoly. I think that they have some shady business practices. I think they have monopolistic they, tendencies. Yes. but I It's don't not think... necessarily a monopoly, though. I think... Because look, the reason that they're being Facebook is being sued is because they buy out other competition. Google, on Google's hand, they literally just, they just make a free version of whatever you need. Docs, free version of Word, uh, Gmail, free version of every other email service, and they basically just in in response or in in transaction, you, you give them your data. It's that's how I it's see. It's different, it. but it's yeah. I see. I see it as if you make a product that's just better than all of your competitors, and more pe- and the people use it more than anyone else's product, then yeah. you deserve to be at the top. If you're buying out your competitors and making it so you have none, then that's one thing. But if you're not, yeah, it's not like should... it's not like Google is like okay. There are times like when Google in Google's first like for instance like when you search something like a restaurant or something it'll give you a google Maps suggestion over a, a yelp suggestion but that's completely within their domain they're allowed to put whatever it's it's you not like google is google. like you can use yeah Bing google isn't Yahoo. the gatekeeper of the internet google can put whatever they want on their it's their website they can put wherever whatever they want wherever they want it's it's yeah i completely no, i don't agree. think there's as strong a case and being like being just uh, if you made a service that is as good then more people would use it but you didn't so they're not yeah and i just think i don't know it's 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 an interesting case but there's i don't think there's as much uh, against google as there is facebook they're they're simply not being as horrible of a competitor they're, they're facebook is strictly facebook is 100% without a doubt neutralizing competition google is simply making a better product i think we agree on that i agree all right yeah. well that's episode 8 and we're going to head out thank you for yeah. listening See you on the next one.